Hello and welcome to another deep dive chat where today we're looking at Mark chapter 7, 24 to 37 that we looked at last Sunday. Um, today we've got with me myself, Joshua, we've got Kerry here, and then we've also got Simon who brought us our sermon last Sunday. Now just quickly, just some housekeeping just before we get into it. If you've got any questions that you have about the, uh, the reading, uh, this chapter in particular, chuck it into the chat, put it into the chat, and we'll endeavour to try and answer any of these questions here. If not, we'll try and answer them later at a different date. Uh, also, if you haven't caught us live and you still have questions, put it in the chat, post it somewhere, and then we'll also endeavour to try and uh, answer those questions. Now, I'm going to throw it to Simon with a question. Now, these two stories and these two... Um, kind of miracles that happened that, uh, that Jesus kind of did, out of everything that kind of happened with the Gentiles, the Jews, the Pharisees and everything, why did you focus on expectations? Oh, thanks, Josh. That's a, that's a really good question. I, it's, it's really funny because I probably need to preface this. When, when, you, get to, when you get to preach and bring a message each week, there's something that in the preparation... Um, in the work that you do, looking at the passage there and, and coming to prayer, that you're trying to seek what's the message God wants for us um, today in this moment. Um, and, and preaching is all about making the Bible alive for us. Uh, it's all about bringing the word of God that you're hearing for the people that are within your church and, and, and beyond. And so the thing that God was speaking to me is that we often have a lot of expectations um, that we bring to um, when we read the Bible, but we also have a lot of expectations um, just in regards to God and what God should be, what who God is, what God does, whether and and all those expectations just uh, place a filter over us in the way that we just behave and react to things. And when I was reading this, I could actually see um, that the woman who had this great faith had a great level of expectation that Jesus could do this miracle. She actually expected, she came into this moment, came into the presence of Jesus expecting that he would do this. Um, and, and even for the, and, and it's even bigger than that because it, that expectation goes beyond the racial boundaries uh, that were present in that time. Um, she was a Gentile woman and Jesus was a Jewish male and she came and approached him, which was kind of really big no-nos in that time. So she expected that this man would listen to her, expected that he would do what she's asking and expected that he could do it. So I thought that, you know, for me, that was the, the reason why um, I focused around expectation because when it comes to us, we also bring a whole lot of expectation uh, on, on the passage. Um, and, and so that's where, you know, it, it kind of sat with me. Yeah, because I would, well, my own expectations is I, I read the passage and you kind of want to quickly focus on the miracles that, that happened between this, um, the, the daughter that gets healed and then also the, um, the deaf man. Um, you know, that would be my expectation. But it was, it was great to hear um, just 
the you know your expectations as a, as a whole, both reading the passages, reading um, reading the stories through the Bible, but also the expectations of the time, but then also how that applies to you today as well. Mm. Yeah, I think um, it's such a contrast to the previous passage where the Pharisees, in fact, were trying to undermine Jesus, trying to find fault with him. And so you've got the Pharisees who are the insiders. They're inside the, the family of God and yet they have little faith and they're proud such a contrast to the woman who's outside in all respects. She's a woman, she's a Gentile, she's a foreigner, um, she's called a dog and yet she doesn't take offence at that. In humility, she just goes ahead with her faith. It's such a contrast that Mark has put those two together to see the, the inside who should have been acting like the woman and the outside is acting like what the Pharisees should have been doing. Exactly, and, and and I think that you know, and that when when we actually delve into the, the this section of Mark, we can actually kind of see that. And often, what we want to do is make make the comments that Jesus made to her. We try and sanitise them, don't we? You know, and I I, I I was in two minds of how much I should talk about uh, whether whether calling somebody a dog was a good thing or a bad thing because we try and make it so Jesus is nice the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, like, you know, and it's not that... I, I think, as I said on Sunday, it was about that teaching moment because I think there was a whole lot of expectations that the disciples had from cultural expectations um, and, and just patterns of behaviour that they'd learnt over time. And Jesus were reflecting that and allowing um, the moment to just play out um, and actually challenging that. And, and, and I think he knew the woman would challenge him. Um, and it's not necessary. I think the woman changed his mind. Uh, you know, <laughs> and and I think that's really important for us. You know, and, and both of you said no to that because <laughs> how dare we think we can change God's mind and all of this? But it's actually knowing that that's what's going to be the part of the answer. But we we, we like to think we can try though, <laughs> even even though we know we can't. We, yeah, that's right. You don't want to uh, if we if we think that Jesus is is truly believing that she's a dog, then he's a racist. And we know that's not true because we know that he died for everyone. And, and that, in fact, was the promise right in Genesis to, given to Abraham. And, and the Israelites were meant to be a light to everybody. They were meant to draw all the Gentiles into this relationship with God. And they'd got to a point where they were so focused on the traditions that they were excluding people. And so I think the way he says it, like you said on Sunday, he maybe said it with a twinkle in his eye. And I did also look up that word for dog. <laughs> and I looked at the word used for dog where it's used derogatorily in other passages. And he actually um, changes it and it's little dog or puppy. So like a household pet that would be under the table that would get the scraps. So he, he is reflecting what they think, but he's changing it slightly so that there's actually an invitation from her. He's inviting her. He, yeah. yeah, he's inviting her to actually take what is an everyday occurrence and bring that answer back. So, you know, if, uh, anybody that's got a dog, you, you know, if food falls off the table, 
It's gone. <laughs> Anybody who's got a dog with little kids and, and they don't want to eat something on their plate, guess where it goes? It goes on the ground because the dog will eat it. <laughs> and all those, yeah. So I think it's really important to actually know um, the actual biblical text well and, and actually the, and, and the nuances in words, our language. We, we lose it in translation, you know, lost in translation. Or even just the context of those of that trans of that translation because it was only today that I rereading it and the little bit of information that I, I read was that the gentile the, the derogative word for a gentile was dog was to call them dogs um, back in the day that's you know the Jewish people called called them and that's where it clicked for me going oh so it's not just what we think of like you know calling someone a dog it's it's more it's more so it's it's these they called them these these they went out of their way to do it. Yeah, and it's really interesting because, to, like, when um, I, I've taken uh, both Josh and Christopher, my, my two boys, and it's taken um, Caitlin, our daughter, overseas uh, uh, with Compassion to visit some of the um, children that we sponsor with Compassion. And one of the things that you'll notice is that dogs do roam around. Um, mm. The houses and the villages, and they are thin, whippity kind of animals that just look for anything to eat. And, and you know, and, and that would—that's my image when I hear them saying this. This is a little dog that's walking around, Scavengers. malnourished, underfed, looking for something to eat. So it, it, it is nice, but it's still harsh. Um, it, 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 no, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she she has, uh, and coming back, she has great faith, and she has a great expectation. God can do amazing things, and, and I know on Sunday, you know, when when you asked me about um, why I chose ex expectations, as I was looking at expectations, I kind of went, well, I could keep going into the deaf man, healing of the deaf man. But I went, I need to stop there because you don't, you, you know, the, the thing about um, bringing a message is knowing when to stop. Um, and because we've got this tater uh, tate about mm. other areas, it, it opens us up to, you know, explore the other part of the mm. passage that we didn't delve into a little bit more. And, and I thought it was really, you know, if we look into um, Jesus healing a deaf and um, mute man, let me just read it for you, uh, just so we've got it there. Um, and then this is from uh, Mark chapter 7, verse uh, 31. On through to 37. Uh, and then Jesus left the, the vicinity of Tyre and went through to Sidon and then down to the Sea of Galilee into the region of the Decapolis. Now, I'm going to pause there because it actually gives, I've only got through one verse. Uh, if we understand what the journey was, Jesus went from um, the Galilean territory over to the Gentile territory where, where Tyre was and then up into Sidon and then came back down through the Galilean territory and then over to the other side of uh, the Sea of Galilee into the Decapolis region, so back into all of this Jewish territory. And so he's taken this journey outside of what would normally be uh, within the Jewish territories and back in, and then coming back into, and then he encounters um, another person for healing. Um, and so we can kind of go... We've gone from a person outside of the Jewish back into somebody inside of the Jewish. So part of the under 
current of this reading, you know, if I was wanting to place some, some emphasis around what Jesus is showing here and what Mark is showing here, he's, he's contrasting a woman that comes and wants healing to a person that then is inside the Jewish territories that is deaf and mute. And so it's really interesting that there's that contrast between the two. It's not because, you know, I don't think it's, he's, he's picking that necessarily, but it's an interesting contrast that um, the person and within this passage, it, it then moves on to the fact that the deaf person and the people that brought the deaf person there uh, and mute person, they can't stop talking about Jesus afterwards. And I think that's such an amazing kind of uh, kind of turnaround in all of this. Even though Jesus says, don't, 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 um, they keep on talking about it because they keep on seeing who Jesus is and what Jesus has been doing. Um, and so, you know, been travelling around there. Um, so, so, so there are some people who brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk and they begged Jesus to place his hands on him. So a, a, a way of blessing, a way of healing, of bringing the power of Jesus into that person's life. And after he took him aside away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers. So, so notice this, he, he doesn't do it in the crowd, but he takes them away. So there's, in, in lots of times when Jesus is interacting with people, he tries to make it personal. He tries to make it around the individual and working with the individual and, and less about the big crowd. So he pulls them away. Um, and can you imagine this? You know, he's sticking his fingers into the man's ears. You know. <laughs> um, and then, and I always think, you know, <laughs> yeah, definitely not COVID safe really, is it? Um, <laughs> this next one's definitely not COVID safe. Where, 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 where he spits and touches the man's tongue. Um, and it's really because this is not the only time that Jesus spitting and healing happens. And it's, it's, I think it's part of that um, understanding of healing and, and process of that. But it's also a really ah, deep experience. Um, and it's also an experience, you know, when, when we think of spitting, we think of um, and I think this is really interesting. When we think of spitting in today, we think of, um, you know, putting somebody down. Mm. Um, and yet it's completely the opposite here. It's turned around, isn't it? Mm. Um, but the thing that really got me about this is that um, what this passage does on the healing of the deaf and mute man, and it goes through a number of patches that talk about the same things, is that it actually it actually shows that Jesus is the Messiah. Uh, I want to share with you, just, uh, and, and let, me, let me grab here, um, I want to share with you from Isaiah, um, and I just pulled it out rather than me, Isaiah 35, verses 5 and 6. So this is Isaiah talking about um, God and, and, and God coming in uh, and, and who God's going to be and the, the, the God's blessing and kingdom. Um, and... And here it is, Isaiah 35, verse 5 to 6. And when he comes, that is, God comes, he will open the eyes of the blind, unplug the the ears of the deaf, the lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. You know, this is the promise of the Messiah. And what is happening? You've got the 
unplugging of the ears, fingers in, go plop, I can hear again. Um, and the lane, you know, the, the, the mute, being able to speak again, but not only speak, but shout for joy. Um, and, 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 and the people in the passage couldn't hold themselves back from telling about Jesus. That's acclamation of joy. And so I think it's, this is such a fulfilment of the prophecy of the Messiah right in this passage. You know, and, and, and to really drive it home, I'm going to jump to Matthew, uh, Matthew uh, 11, uh, verses 4 to 6, because this is really so important for us to understand that people were looking for the Messiah. Mm. People were wanting the Messiah to come. And so, you know, to, to actually have um, John the Baptist question of whether Jesus is the one we were looking for, is the Messiah... Jesus then responds and says this. Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. What the blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear and the dead are raised to life and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God bless those who do not fall away because of me. So, so it's so important for us to actually understand that this is about showing that this is... This person, Jesus, right here, is displaying that he is the Messiah. He is fulfilling the prophecies of the Messiah in this very moment. This very passage is so powerful for us to actually understand that. Mm. We could have done a whole message just around that, <laughs> um, let alone just about expectations. You know, perhaps we should have broken it up in two weeks, but it would take us three years to get through Mark's gospel. Let's not do that. So. Yeah. Mm. But I think you like... If you had any doubts about any of the the miracles and kind of like, you know, he wasn't just a one-trick pony. It wasn't just one miracle doing the one thing, you know, every, every single time. It wasn't just, oh, um, you know, put my hand on you or I'll speak, um, speak the words. It wasn't just, I'll speak the words and then you were healed. It was, it was many different ways of, do, of, of healing, of doing these different of the, these different miracles, which I think cements what you're you're saying, um, you know. If you and if you had any doubts, it kind of like clears it away because he's doing all these things, he's doing all these personal things, he's doing all these um, different sorts of things. Because he couldn't have said to the man, "Get up and go and rejoice," he wouldn't have been able to hear him. <laughs> he had to do something different because it was all personal to to that. So I think that, you know, what what you just uh, spoke there, I think that's, um, you know, it's very strong strong in that. So why do you think Jesus said, don't tell anyone? <laughs> I, was, I, I think it's the... I think he knew that they were going to tell them, but I think he did it out of respect Um especially in the one with the, with the Gentile woman, I think it was out of respect because he knew the, this was the way things were done, was that the, Jew, like, you know, the, the Jews and the Gentiles, they don't, they don't mix. And so I think it was out of respect to subtly kind of change things because I think he knew they were going to tell about it and they were going to spread it, but I think it was just to, to subtly bring, it, bring his, his new covenant in and what he was doing in. I think it was out of a respect thing. That, that's my take on it. Kerry, have you got a thoughts on this? <laughs> um, no, I don't know. Uh, 
I suppose he he's obviously not marketing himself. <laughs> he's not like saying, go and tell everybody. Um, he did tell the man who was delivered uh, and the, the legion went into the pigs, he did tell him to go and tell his story. Um, so I just wondered why, what the difference was between... Yeah. I, I think if we, we come back to uh, just earlier in, in Mark 7 when uh, the Pharisees, uh, you know, I, I think Jesus was having more and more the religious authorities attacking him. Mm. And I think partly it's, it's so that the message can continue to go on. If you're continually in a mode of being attacked by people yeah. um, and, and, and I don't want to steal what Caleb's going to do on, on this Sunday <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, and I don't want to do that at all. But it's, it's really important that um, one of the things is that it's for Jesus, the miracles and the healings are there to help show who he is, but that's not no. the ministry. The, the ministry is to, to bring the whole world back into relationship with God, to um, cover over the, the, the sins of the world uh, with the blood of Jesus. That's the mission and the ministry of Jesus. These, this is all about reframing and teaching the disciples and showing them there are some things that, you know, you know when we do something, um, there, there are times when we want people to go tell people about it and then we, when we do something for some people, we go, no, don't tell anybody, just accept where it is. And I think this is don't tell anybody except that this has happened. Um, and people are so overjoyed and, and so um, astounded that this could happen that they couldn't do, do anything but tell people. And, and I love it when, uh, you know, and I love, you know how um, when people come to faith, they want to tell somebody. Mm. It, it's kind of like that, isn't it, you know? Um, it's that same joy and so, uh, you know, and, and for somebody that hasn't been... A, and if you actually think about it, if a person hasn't been able to speak before and everything else, just going and using it time and time again might not, you know, build the muscles, develop it again now. Um, so I think there's a whole range of things that you could wrap around that. But I think, it, you know, part of my brain goes to that whole thing about not wanting to be in conflict with the authorities all the time so people can actually hear the message of what he's trying to teach and show people rather than people just coming there for the miracles and coming there for the healings. So, yeah. And I'm sure he didn't want to endanger anyone mm. in doing what he was, he was right. doing as well. I'm sure he was, he was also kind of thinking about that. Mm. Mm. Yes, like the blind man who ended up getting interrogated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 A subtle, a subtle, a more, more subtle. <laughs> mm. Mm. Well, we're, we're probably just about at the point of wrapping up. Mm. Um, so just a, a, a quick thing. So we encourage you to jump onto um, our church online platform on Sunday uh, for 10 a.m. for our, our weekly worship that we have uh, going on there. Uh, really excited. Caleb's going to be bringing uh, our next message. And we jump into Mark chapter 8. Woohoo! Woo almost halfway through the book of Mark. So, um, 
and, and Caleb, I know, is busily working away and crafting the message for this week. So really looking forward to it um, and, and really looking forward to the conversation mm. that we have after that as well. I've just got a quick question just, okay. before, we, just before we wrap up because um, I was just looking through notes and stuff. The, um, he sighed before he yes. did it. What was that all about? Why did he sigh? And, and why would Mark make a point to yeah. that he sighed? Because yeah. that's very much like, oh no, we don't need to write that down. That was just he was just exhaling, you know. He was he was just yawning. He was you know or something like that. But so he, what he what sighed. does a sigh mean to you? If you go, huh. well, was it was it he looked up and sighed or was yep. that what it? Yep. So he looked up to heaven and to with heaven a deep inside? sigh said to him, um, "Epinathe," which means be opened. Yeah. Because to me, my initial reading of that would be he's kind of, how do I describe it? He's, like, it, it's a sigh, so you kind of don't want to do it, if that makes sense. It's like, oh, do I have to? Like, that's, that, that, that's how I initially read it, right? So when I think of someone sighing, going, like, you know, you ask them to do a task, and the, all right, like, you know, it's the, it's the exhale, it's the sigh of, I don't want to do this. But thinking about more, I would I would say that then the sigh is is more um, the earthly conditions of yes. man yeah. and and him fixing yeah. fixing yeah the sadness of sin the sadness yeah. of the effect of sin you know oh look at and the empathy with that that person that he's about to heal you know the understanding of not being able to ever hear anything or say anything express himself. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, and I think I wanted to ask that question because I, because my, like I said, the initial thought mm. is, is he regretting doing this? Like, does he not want to do this? No, but you know, but you know what I mean. Like, it's it's you, re and he gives a deep sigh, which uh, which uh, you know, my brain goes goes to that. So I guess that's why. I it, it, and it's really interesting because if you read it with our Western modern eyes. Whenever we sigh, it's like, and if we read that through our modern Western eyes, we'd actually go, oh, be open. You know, it's like, oh, do I really have to do this? You know, and I don't, that's, not, that's not what Jesus is doing. Um, one of the commentaries I was reading through, and so, you know, I'm, I'm not the overall font of knowledge around all of these things, but one of the commentaries I was reading through actually made a really interesting and, and I think salient point around this is that it's often... That, that sigh that um, is part of the Holy Spirit, spiritual language moving through mm. and being a part of this moment of healing. And so it's actually, and, and, and it's the breath of, breath, of breath of God coming out. It's the Holy Spirit moving in that moment. Wow. And so it's actually got a lot more meaning to it once we start thinking, oh, actually it's different mm. um, rather than our Western uh, notion of, of sighing, going, oh, do I really have to do this? It's actually God moving in this moment and I'm wanting God to work through this breath of God to be there. I sigh, it's sighed into the moment that, and that's that Holy Spirit moving through there and I went, oh, that's a, that just really brings it home. That's awesome. <laughs> I like that. It's better than what I initially thought. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. <laughs> there are so many more people that have uh, studied these passages and... and, and 
and the Greek and Hebrew and, and all of this more than us. And so that's why we, we, we endeavour to read, in, read around these passages to, to try and understand them and bring them forward. It's why it's so important for us to, I think, sit down and actually talk about it because there are mm. questions like that that yeah. come up. They go, oh, well, why did he sigh? You know, what's all of this? And that's so important. So which comes back to the whole notion about that Josh was just saying beforehand about putting questions in the chat. Mm -hmm. Do you want to shout out again? Um, sorry, yeah, so as we wrap up, um, if you've got any questions, any queries, anything that came up uh, today as you were watching it, uh, anything whilst you were re-watching this sermon um, or um, Sunday, uh, the Sunday service well, um, again or uh, during it, just post them, put them into the, uh, if you want to in, this, uh, in uh, this video here, put them into the comment section there, send the message, Whatever you kind of want, any way you kind of want to, you know, throw your net out wide to um, get it out there. And we'll, like I said, like we said before, uh, we'll endeavour to answer those questions to the best of our ability, or we'll pass it on to someone else who can answer that question. Fantastic. Thanks, Josh. Um, and just to wrap it up, let's just uh, have a, a word of prayer. Oh, gracious, loving God, we just give you thanks that you have given us your word found here in the Bible uh, and specifically found here in Mark's Gospel um, in chapter 7 and around the around the, the, the healings of the, the Syrophoenician woman and this deaf and mute man. Lord, open our minds and our, our, our hearts to your message for us today and what it would bring to us today. And Lord, may you offer a blessing upon us today. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen.